A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the Archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dum 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 is from Marie Bray and the podcast is sponsored by Aaron Snow. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the funky moped riding Brummie, who is in Thailand. He also goes by the name of Roy Phil Brown. And here I am today with the dude in the polyester jacket who is... Jacqueline Berto in Brittany, France. On this episode, we have a very lovely group of colorinners. We hear from Richard in Krakow who questions Freddie's position in the Lower Luxley Trust. Witherspoon, who has managed a mini Dumpty Dum meetup this week. Jen, our Ambridge Pony Club, who has worked out how Brian will react to Stella buying a seed drill. Paul in Olney, whose favourite character is Susan. Our Glyn, who rang in just before Jenny's funeral. Claire from Clapham, who's asking about the future post office and village shop manager. And finally, two lovely new caller winners. There's Aaron, who calls us from Delaware, and David from Carmarthenshire. Now, folks, as well as all that good stuff, we have a tweet of the week from our purple pumpkin. goes by the name of Theo. And we have a social media roundup from our suey. We have two bites of the suey pie. Cherry. Is it pie or cake no. this week? Is it cherry pie and cherry, or cherry cake? <laughs> or two bites, two of, the bites cherry. of the cherry. And now don't forget, folks, we've got lots of Dumpty Dum on YouTube. If you think that just hearing us just isn't quite enough, you can actually go and see the good Dumpty Dummers interview the 
actors who play the characters in the archers go to dumdy dum if you do nothing else go there and just subscribe because it does wonderful things to our positioning over there on youtube and of course we should be wishing a very warm welcome to the six new members of our facebook group now folks don't forget we need your help this is the people's podcast so we need contribution from you and one of the things of which you can do to help is by giving us a dumpty dum so that wonderful rendition of Barwick Green that you heard at the start of the show that was somebody that could have been you somebody who just sent that in so please send us in your dumpty dums so we can play them in the future so you fancy singing with friends or family to Tony Tin Whistle or sending us a full orchestral rendition of Barwick Green please do it by going on to speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum. But first, before all these lovely happenings, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sui Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sui Queen or Tart on the Twitters here. And another week in Ambridge. This week, one of the many weeks where we've been waiting for Jenny Darling's funeral. The week was clearly dominated by thoughts of Friday. Even Alan was apprehensive about making a slip-up. But Harrison, who has given up being a slave to his work for Lent, gave him a pep talk. Freddie displayed massive ageism when interviewing for volunteers for Lower Loxley. He doesn't seem to understand that older people are more likely to have the time. Neil went for a grilling. Hopefully Freddie will reconcile his issue with wrinklies. Alan and Kate cleared the air about the window in the church before discussing the funeral. Kate tried to go through her eulogy, but just couldn't do it. And the job was taken on by Lillian and Tony in their end as their big sister. Kate is going to sell spiritual home, although everyone is telling her not to make any hasty decisions. Ben has started work at the Laurels, and it seems to be busy and hard. He encountered Jasper Carrot, who to the non-West Midlands ear sounds very much like Vince. He asked him to call him Sykesy, and they developed a rapport over the Hassett Hills. Freddie tried unsuccessfully to recruit Brad to be a guide, which he declined. And, but Chelsea wants in on the act until she discovered that it's unpaid. I'm not sure what she thought volunteer meant. She and Neil attended an interview where Neil shone and Chelsea told the tale of Freddie's grandmother, Julia, being discovered whilst working as a showgirl by Freddie's grandfather, Gerald. She may have embellished a bit. Freddie admits the older applicants are the ones to shine, but offers a double act to Neil and Chelsea which she adamantly turned down. There's no way she'd work for nothing. Now she knows she could do it, though. We're pretty sure we know why Justin came to work in the shop now, as it turns out the electric charging station will also include a cafe and a shop, and be a blot on the landscape. We don't know it's him yet, but the odds have significantly shortened. Jim has started a leaflet campaign. Lee is going to miss his girls when they leave for California, but Helen is determined to get him over there for a visit. On famille, and we'll cash in an icer to do. Susan made a centerpiece of the funeral using a Jenny Darling recipe for avocado and asparagus terrine. Sounds ghastly, which turned into a disaster and not a centerpiece at all. Brian got a pie out that Jenny had made out of the freezer, and the terrine was put into bowls instead. The wake was saved. Brian dithered over which tie to wear, but chose the bright and colourful one that Jenny Darling bought him for Christmas. The funeral seemed to go well, with a method from the bell ringers, which is a pattern where the bells weave round each other, apparently. I looked it up. And there was the right mixture of pathos and laughter in the service. The pie went down well as the centrepiece, although Kate, reasonably, declined something with lamb in it. 
obviously. And at the end, Alice volunteered to stay with Brian, but he sent her away as this is how it's going to be from now on. End of an era. Hanky's down now, and let's get back to normal. Until next week, then, my lovelies, and I hope it's a good one. It was a good one. Thanks for that, Sue. Sue, it was a, for me. It was a great week. I enjoyed the send off, the tribute to Jenny Darling, and I also enjoyed that it was peak comedy. And it was only on Thursday that I was laughing away at Chelsea and Freddie, etc. And I realised that, of course, it's a Kerry Davis week. So brilliant writing, brilliant man. He fed us lines, didn't he? The character of Chelsea, the actor to play that character, it's just sublime. It almost, almost so that it feels slightly out of place in the Archers, and I don't mean no, that as a bad thing. No, point. I agree with you. I She's so atypical, <laughs> and yeah, there are other characters who aren't middle class and nice in inverted mm. commas. Jazza, Tracy, but Chelsea seems to be on a slightly other yeah. plane. Her being able just to deliver surprises and, to us. But it's a perfect foil against Freddie, who is in a little twat this week. I really wanted to wring his neck. So condescending to her and to old people. I'm sure we have a lot to say about that a bit later on. The word dollops of ageism and classism in Freddie's uh, in critique in or expectations of people. <laughs> yeah. But come on, though. Brad was surprised that she wanted to do yeah. this job he, he, as well. He was, but then it was him that pointed out that actually it's voluntary. I loved Brad this week. I thought he was a very deadpan when Freddie said to him, how do you do that when he works out numbers and things? Because I can. I was like very spectrum-y. <laughs> and also when uh, Chelsea said something, I can't remember what it was, and I was walking along in the morning with my dogs and he snorted just like his sister at one of her replies to Freddie, so that way. But there's been other things as well that have been brilliant. Susan, what a star she's been. Again, this is not the first week this year that we've said that. I've said that. She's been caring, but also a bit of the edge of her normal irritating self. I've really, I've personally, I've thoroughly enjoyed this week. And I know there's a lot of people said it was all very schmaltzy, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't think that. I thought it was a really nice balance. I've loved it. It's been a good laugh out loud and a, and a hanky um, week for me. You know what? I don't know. Who knows? When I say I don't know, it's a polite way of saying I, I disagree. That's the middle class person within me. I, say, I don't know means I thoroughly disagree. I didn't get the feels with the funeral. I, I didn't. And I think because it's been so built up, and we have said this before in terms of this has played out actually in real time, that so there was the shock of the death there was everybody's immediate reaction then it was a study in grief and how grief plays out in different ways the thing which i appreciated was actually hearing funeral instructions who's going to go in in whose car because generally in these types of shows that level of minutiae we don't actually get so i I actually appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I did too, Royfield, uh, because in fact, that's something really? that doesn't happen here. You don't have cars like that. Everybody goes to, no. Really? You go to the funeral home for the closing of the coffin because we have open an open coffin at the funeral home. And the close family go to mm -hmm. the funeral home to see the coffin being closed and say your final goodbyes. Then we all follow the hearse to the church or to the crematorium uh, in our own cars 
So obviously when my father-in-law died, we I had my mother-in-law and Loic and Emily in my car, but everybody else just, I drove myself. There, were no, there was no official cars. I've never seen an official car apart from at Johnny Halliday's oh, wow. funeral in Paris. Yeah. So, wow. all they did. so it reminded me of something go. that I'd forgotten because it's 25, nearly 26 years since I went to a funeral well, in the UK. Well, that's, that's such such a big thing, the logistics of a funeral. Who's going in, in, in the car behind the hearse? Who's going to be a pallbearer? Who's going to be... They didn't go to that level on the arches, but just a, a fleeting mention. I went, this does feel proper because generally when somebody passes on a show like this, you don't hear that at all. So I appreciated that. But my overall takeaway was it felt flat is the wrong word, but I didn't get the feels. That's it. I didn't. I just listened to it and I thought, okay. That, very yeah, gym. but in fact, that, I don't think, think, think the funeral did it for me. It wasn't about the funeral, but it was all the little conversations around and that little soliloquy at the end that Brian did where he was saying, you're always here in my heart, Jenny. Oh, that was, I found that very mm. touching. I liked that, but for me, it was too on the nose. Uh. It was too on the nose. And I do think that Charles Collingwood, who plays Brian, has acted his socks off during this whole period. I really do. I really do. And even the tone and the way he was speaking to, and the way that he was speaking to Kate and the sense of vulnerability in his voice it was just like that was really yeah, touching. but Kate's voice as well, and even down to the fact Kate's voice, yes, that yeah, and, really and got that her voice really... and her talking to Alan, and even when the sense of being slightly lost when he was speaking to Alice, and he said, "Oh, I'll go in the car with Kate's children," like it just yeah. in that moment. He'd forgotten yeah. their name. But he doesn't know them, does he, really? You know, remembered Phoebe. Uh, he definitely forgot Nolatando and Sipo. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. But, I felt, but, but I, for me, it was those moments look, that got to me. So I'm not saying hmm. it was a funeral. This sounds dreadful. I just thought it was a week too far of mourning Jenny. That, I, I just I was like, ah, oh, come on, she's dead now. Let's move on. I, I think that's really... With her underlying point. And she had this funeral yeah. already yet. All of a sudden I was French. Or, Irish. Or, or I was a Muslim. It's 24 hours done. I think <laughs> uh, my whole thing. thing this week yeah. has been affected by it's actually two years ago today since I lost my Claire. Oh. The whole thing has been, the emotions of that have been underlying the whole week. So I've walked a lot, which is what I do when I'm a bit stressy. And also I've had this bloody tooth problem going on, <laughs> which has made me very stressy as well. Anyway, there we go. Should we have some calls? I think we should have some calls. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Roy Field, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here in sunny Florida, the land of the retired, visiting my mom, who is nearly 93 years young. First, a shout-out to fellow Dumpty Dumber, British-born New Jersey resident Debbie Grossman Lansing. Debbie lives 15 miles from where I work, and on Monday we split the difference and had lunch at an Irish pub. 
I asked Debbie about the etiology of the derogatory term wrinklies. She said that kid said it in the dark ages of the 1980s, but was surprised to hear it again from one Freddie Pargeter. I know I had a little rant about it on Facebook, but as a person of the Jewish faith and a gay man who has heard his share of inappropriate terms used, I'm still pissed off about this latest one. I'll challenge Freddie to bench press 155 pounds five times like I can, to subtract serial sevens from 100 faster than me, or to expound upon history like Neil can. But this was not just a random lighter moment in a dark week. It does seem related to the greater issue of the changing of the garden ambridge. Jennifer's funeral was touching, and we must acknowledge that there will be many deaths to come over the next 10 to 20 years. I disagree with Royfield. I think after a brief few months, Robert Snell should have a proper send-off, and Linda should also be allowed to mourn and enter the next chapter of her life, just as Brian is doing. These could be very interesting explorations for the Archer's writers. Yes, it is necessary for younger people to begin to step up to the front of village life, but Freddie's foot in his mouth this week highlights that there's still lots of life left in the 60 and 70-somethings in the village. Talk to you soon. Yeah, that wrinkly's thing. Thank that you. That wrinkly's thing. Oh, it drove me bonkers, Freddie did this week. I agree with you, Royfield. I agree. No, I don't agree with you, Royfield. I agree with Witherspoon. So, there we go. I will freely admit, as somebody who likes to think that I'm on the right side of the <laughs> isms, whether it's racism, sexism, etc. Ageism is something which I didn't even hear that oh, no. wrinkly's comment. It didn't like. So I'm freely admit the comment was obviously made, right? Because you said Freddie yeah. was a right, and Witherspoon is just—it didn't land with me. So I am ageist. There you go. No, you're just there young. You Maybe I just touched. Uh, I was over sixties. <laughs> they say maybe only people over sixties you thought <laughs> about whether that hit home. But I think a lot of things. Oh, what Sui said in her roundup, looking for volunteers over under sixty is going to be hard because everybody else is going to work for a living. The rest of us are, although I know our, I'm able to count down from 100 in, by sevens or threes, which is a classic test uh, that psychiatrists, psychologists or sports therapists do to test the age of people. So that's a bit of a cheaty one. He said a thousand people doing it. <laughs> I can't do it. As I'm rubbish at maths. Yeah, there's another sign of my advancing years that I'm becoming worse at maths. I'm like... Four or seven yeah. what again? Type that it's not quite no, as but... bad as that, but I'm like things which you just you know I'm like what I have to think about now. But the thing also is just the fact that we don't exercise that bit of our no. brain no, anymore, not at do all. we? Because we've got computers to do it for us, we've got some technologies to do it for us. It's like why do you need to retrain, retain this? It's a bit like writing anyway, though. How often anyway, do you handwrite uh, anything that needs to be seen by other that's people? That's very true. <laughs> exactly. You can just about do a card's worth when yeah. you've got to write, dear, blah, blah, blah. You can do a couple of lines. Then after that, your wrist becomes all <laughs> fatigued. Handwriting goes to hell. Exactly. And then before we know it, there's now there's chat GPT. You don't even need to write articles or, or, I know, or whatever that's anymore. That's an interesting that thing, isn't it? Did I tell you? So my mom's a reader in the Church of England. Did a sermon for my mom. My mom couldn't believe it. Really? Flipping out. And was it along the right lines? So it was awesome. 
So my mum, once a fortnight, yeah. has to do a sermon because she shares it with a cousin of mine. And it always takes about two days and she, she always panics and she says, oh, I've got to do a sermon on insert yeah. theme, whatever. And best part of two to three days. She's doing other yeah. stuff as well. She writes something and then she comes back to it and whatever. I went, Mum, just stop your worrying. This is what you do. All right. I went, chat GTP. So is it an app? Give me. I don't even a, know a, what a, it is. Yeah. It's an app. But I did it speech to text. Ooh. So I said, give me a sermon on forgiveness. As an illustrative example, do the Jamie Bulger case where his parents forgave the killers of their son give us two relevant bible verses and with a name the bible verses and i said something else i forget what the last one was as well but anyway and within a flash went brothers and sisters we are here to discuss forgiveness this is one of the most trying of human emotions the bible tells us that i could my mum was like oh my god and it says the parents of jamie bulger in the most dreadful of circumstances chose to forget he was just like i looked at my mom like i knew this could do it but even i was shocked my mom looked at me she went i never have to write another sermon again (laughs) and i went no mom it's not quite the way it works so this is a very good framework what you do is you embellish it with your own right she went yeah, but that's going to take me like yeah. five minutes. With you. Absolutely. Yeah, like, you can got sit down for hand. an hour and read anyway. it through and add your own bits. And oh, gosh, sounds wonderful. If I ever have to do anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And ju- just what just watch run chat, GTP. It's even writing posts on. on yes, Dundee, I think uh, the American know, so. spelling of favorite. I thought <laughs> that was one thing that I gave thought, it away, wasn't it? That's weird. Royfield starting a post is A, weird. B, Writing favourite. Oh, he's got all California IA on us. <laughs> so, yeah, good try, though. And he got a lot of people chatting. And I, I was like, formulate four posts that will increase user interaction. And then I gave it the parameters. Boom. Jolly good work, two posts this week. And I got quite a lot of action and I'm no computer. So, <laughs> so there we go. Your chat Berto. Chat Berto. called Berto TP. Next card. Okay. All right. With a spoon, that was awesome. Right. Now let's have Paul. Hello, Royfield and Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Paul in Oni. Reflecting on what's ended up as probably quite an uplifting end to a sad week with Jennifer's funeral. Jacqueline asked on the Facebook page who our favourite character had been this week. And for me, I think it was Susan. The way that she came round and helped Brian, helped Alice, has had the occasional word of advice and support, has been showing the really good side of her character. Yesterday's funeral, I thought the episode was very nicely done. I was starting to well up a little, I must admit, at Brian's little monologue at the end, until he said that Jenny would always have a place in his heart, and is it mean of me to think... And she's sharing that with Siobhan. Have a good week, everybody. Speak to you again soon. Oh, that's a lovely call. And actually, Paul there is agreeing with what I said. It was an emotional week, really. And a beautiful send-off for Jenny Darling. 
And what a fantastic month we've had, really, of paying homage to Angela Piper. I hope that Angela's been well enough to listen to the last few weeks of The Archers, all about her character. It has been done brilliantly. And as we've said before, the ripples of grief, how people have have dealt with it. I also appreciated mention of Debbie and Peggy. Though the very fact that it was such in passing, I said to myself, those two cats have been paid a disservice. Debbie should have, mention of Debbie should have been much mm. more central. Oh, Debbie should do the eulogy or Debbie's coming over. I've got to go and pick her up from the airport, except yeah. just whatever. But the fact that no real mention has been made of the fact that Peggy's burying one of mm. her children how is mum coping? She's been a bit wobbly about everything. She was in the front pew. Yes, but and that was my point. The fact that Kerry made mention of Peggy yeah. was good because there's been a her absence has been totally noticed in fundamentally in this. She was mentioned, but mm. come on now. In passing. Right? Sorry. The other thing is that I did a bit of Don't research go. and do you know it's twenty five years this Ooh. week since John, Tony's son, died. Oh, wow. And I thought, Tony's also lost a child, as Peggy have. I just hope that they that fact has made them feel like they know how the other one feels. I think it was really apt that Tony and Lillian did the reading, but maybe I'm just dead on the inside, or just fatigued, or just... But I just... I like the fact that Alan made point saying that he was yeah. nervous about doing the funeral another touch of somebody who has been to a funeral and i'm saying a person kerry davis and the fact that the vicar the priest is a it is a performative role not that it's about you but you've got to convey solemnity you've got to convey compassion whether you truly feel it or not and this is somebody right? he's known you know, and all a lot the time of... he's been in ambridge yes this is a, yes. somebody he was fairly close to as one of his parishioners but talking about alan mm. i did think that this week i started out by listening and making note of all the people we haven't heard for ages alan harrison lily spoke neil spoke of course we had William, the cranky William in the laws who we've never heard before. But I felt that the whole week started off with quite a lot of people speaking that we haven't heard from for quite a while, which was also a nice touch for the week, bringing back the real true villagers. Even Josh. Even Josh. Oh, Josh was fantastic. I love Josh anyway, but I thought he was absolutely brilliant with Ben. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. That. I thought that he made a comment. I'm just looking for it in my notes now. Oh, no, it's okay. Hens don't answer back when he was talking about comparing his work with things. And also then he says, silence, Mm. minion. You're my little brother, and I am going to celebrate your 21st birthday. It was that silence, minion. It was all the way Harry Potter. Comes next, though, don't you? What? I say the best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And you can also find a link in the show. Or notes. you can send us a voice note via WhatsApp on 0044-79571676. 
And please don't forget, normally when Mr. Brown isn't jet-setting around the world and is in five different time zones in a week, we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday (laughs) UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind, we would really like it if you are over 18 to take part. We say this every week, but this is your podcast. And because it's your podcast, there are different ways in which you can contribute. First of all, first off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button or whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. And then secondly, please write us a five-star review. We'd be hugely appreciated. Now, it isn't just vanity. It helps us get up those iTunes charts. And thirdly, the last thing you can do is consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you could just go to patreon.com, search for dumdydum, we'd chuffed to bits to have your support. Now, there is also another way you can show your support for the podcast. You can hit the donate button on dumdydum.com, just like Aaron Snow did this week, and you can become a sponsor of the podcast. Oh, let's get back to those calls, Royfield. We've still got a load to get through. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here. I'm ringing in about an hour before we'll all be eavesdropping on his funeral. So no comment on that other than other than that I am sure that they will do it really well. What I did want to talk about briefly was the scenes this week with Freddie and Nola Tandu interviewing Neil and Chelsea for guides, to be guides. I did wonder whether there was a little bit of a dig from the Archers team to BBC management about the the ever-continuing attempt to get younger listeners in and whether they were pointing out really that if you've got a really good product, then... What you should do is wait until people are ready to try it, as long as they know it's there, rather than to be rather than to tinker with the product to try and focus it at a particular market. Yeah, if that makes sense. Anyway, thank you as always for the podcast. I am looking forward to the meetup in April. I have my tickets including a ticket for the Saturday evening dinner. And so stay safe in Dumpty Dum Land, everyone, and speak to you again soon. Bye. Thank you for Bye-bye, that, Glyn. That was lovely, wasn't it? A good call. And I have mm-hmm. to add something to what Glyn said, because somebody on Twitter during the one of the, the shows said something about the BBC's policy of trying to get younger people in. And in fact, Kerry Davis replied and he said that, in fact, we're not trying to get young people in because the main demographic to getting for people starting to listen to the archers is around 35 to 45. So not young people at all. So that's not a, so that's a misconception that's been put about by people twittering or Facebooking. You know what? When you get to my advanced age, someone who's 35, is a young person, yeah. just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going there. <laughs> no, way, no way can I comment on that. Very good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you in, in right. Birmingham, Glyn. Yeah, oh, he's lovely, Glyn. I've, I think I've met Glyn twice before in London and in the Midlands. Lovely man. Lovely man. Prinham Dar, Royfield and Jacqueline. It's David from Carmarthenshire here. 
first time caller in it and a new devotee of the podcast which i'm loving where have you been all this time it's wonderful when i thought st david's day couldn't get any better this year i was wrong i'm cock a hoop pass has remembered finally that she's welsh hooray wonderful news and to top it all she's having cow for supper which of course is a traditional soup made of meat and vegetables or just vegetables if you prefer ironic really because of course pat and tony have to have soup every day of their lives at bridge farm so i would have thought that they would have had something different for a change to make it even more special great to hear that pat remembered that she is welsh i wonder does she speak welsh is she going to be having any welsh conversations with natasha and sarah and Anova yet we're not not sure about that one but yes, it's been a really memorable week just for that. I started listening around about to mid-90s, and the first big story I can really remember is Lillian coming back with, with Scott in tow. And of course, then Brenda having a dalliance with him and being labelled the Tucker Tart by Lillian. Ah, oh, happy days. Anyway, Diolchan Bopes, thank you for a lovely podcast, and Hoyl Vaurichigid, goodbye. I think I can safely say that's the first time we've had hardcore welsh on this podcast i think it is i think that's brilliant i love that because i just think what a great way to to remind us of a character that's welsh the question over natasha and when we had natasha's mum there they sang together didn't they in welsh and they talked welsh together mm. and and why why pat doesn't that's definitely lost her Welshness over the years that she's been in Ambridge. Great. Lovely to hear that lovely, she's been spoken, sing-song, sing-songy. I was not surprised to learn that cowl was a soup coming from Bridge Farm, a form of soup that she cooked, mm. that she normally cooks on St. David's Day. But good. First time caller in her. Do you know, we've been around for ages, not me personally, but Roy has been here forever. So I'm sorry that you've only just found us. <laughs> but you can go back and listen to lots and lots of them. The next question is, though, David, how did you find us? You have to call in next week and say exactly how you found us. I think that's been the thing recently. We've had quite a lot of people found us for the first time. And I'm very curious to how, what happened. I know what happened. Mm. The BBC Archer's page closed down. But how did people manage to find our podcast? Following from that. Exactly. The world's exactly. a mystery out there, Royfield. We need answers. We need we answers. We definitely do. From David, we go to Aaron. Hello, Royfield and Jacqueline. My name is Aaron Snow, and I'm a first-time caller in her from the lovely state of Delaware in the USA. I've been a listener of The Archers since 2007, right around when Siobhan died and Rory came to live with Brian and Jenny. I discovered The Archers because I have a love for all things soapy, especially dramas about big, sprawling families, and I became fascinated by the idea that this show had chronicled an entire community of sprawling families since the 50s. Believe me when I say programming like that in America is rare. As for the characters and stories I'm interested in, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm that one person in the world who actually loves Helen. I don't know why I've always enjoyed her stories, and I find her lovely. Go figure. Generally speaking, I love the entire Bridge Farm crew, with the exception of Natasha, whom I find obnoxious. Royfield, I'm also one of those people who misses hearing about Johnny and his receding hairline. Hope he comes back soon. I'm really enjoying the story of Jenny's passing and won't go on too much about it, except to say I was stunned when she died. And the story has been very well done as we've seen the ripple effect on the community. I also agree that there seems to be an influx of new characters and a rejuvenation of the younger crowd. All of that works for me because I think it's good to see the village through the eyes of newcomers and the script writers do an excellent job of keeping the storylines for the younger crowd fresh and interesting. 
I would say of the younger generation, I'm most invested in Chelsea, Brad, Freddie, and Lily. I'm not a big fan of Nalatondo. I don't know why, but I don't buy her as being so invested in the people of Ambridge unless she's visited more often than we've been told. So that's a bit about me as an introduction. I really enjoy listening to the podcast and look forward to commenting more in the future. Have a fantastic week. Oh, thank you for that, Aaron. And um, being as we actually have your voice on the show, also thank you for being a sponsor of this week's episode. Indeed. So it's very lovely of you, Aaron. Great to have another first-time caller in her and an American one. Now that's curious. How did you find Dumpty Dum? But he loves Helen, absolutely, so that means absolutely. he's a bit on the dodgy side for me. Yeah. Aaron, now we've actually got your financial donation. You are peculiar. <laughs> You're in the minority. <laughs> no one likes Helen. <laughs> Never mind. The minorities um, make up the rest of the world. That is very true. That is very true. There was something else that Aaron said, and which I wanted to about talk Nola about. Tando? And for the life, of, that was it. Thank you, Madame Berto. I like Nolly, and she has been back to the village at least once, if not. Twice, so, so there's a speaking once. part. I can only remember coming back once, but another visit might have passed me by because she got she took drugs with Freddie and ended up in hospital, yeah. didn't she? And I really like the fact that they're pals, yeah. that they have a connection, and her being sat on the panel, <laughs> the interview panel, I <laughs> thought was quite sweet. But you know what I actually think about Freddie? Because, you know, Freddie, and this is not apropos to anything that happened this week, but... Freddie shied away from um, any kind of uh, romantic entanglement uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think Freddie's going to be asexual. Yeah. I think that's going to be his, his, his sexuality that he's just not interested. Well, that is an interesting theory. Watch the space then. Mm. Well, the, One the, of the rifle band great predictions. They dealt with just about every other uh, kind of sexuality. So I just think he's going to be, he's just not interested. That's it. Not interested. Yeah. 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 There we go. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, I had to look no. up where Delaware was. It's tiny. It's <laughs> Joe Biden's from there. The president's from there. Gracious. Well, there you are then. Mm. Right. I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> <laughs> One of the small. I've heard states. of it, obviously, because, yeah. All right. Now, uh, might not know where Delaware is, but if I was to say to you, Clapham, would you know where that is? Ah, uh, yeah. In Hertfordshire. Ah, uh, just trying to catch you out there, but yes, not that Clapham. Nah, don't worry, it's I know where one. you keep your other wives. Hey, <laughs> well, here she is, <laughs> the star of Map Corner, who kept the whole podcast on on the on the road yesterday. It's Claire from Clapham here. I've literally just heard Stephen Bowden's excellent summary around the shop, which was incredibly useful, and it made me think: who's going to be the next postmaster or mistress after Susan? She must be coming up towards retirement, and. That's a really key role in the village. Any suggestions? Emma seems like a nepotistic shoe-in from that younger generation. I did briefly think about Roy. I think he'd be quite a good postmaster, but I don't suppose he'd want to do it. And who's got the kind of people skills and the retail experience to be the next runner of the post office in the village shop and general manager of the village shop? Welcome everyone's suggestions. Who's going to follow from Susan's Mm. great lead? Wait a minute. Aren't we dealing with a certain amount of ageism here in yeah. that we're saying that Susan's for the chop anytime soon? No, she might choose to retire because Neil, I think, becomes of retirement age this year, 65, 66, something like that. And so if he retires, maybe she'll want to retire to spend more time with Neil. 
So that often happens. Why doesn't Loic retire to spend more time with you? Why does he hide himself away at work? Who knows? Who knows? It's a good question. It's a very good question. You only spend an hour and a bit with me every week, and you probably can answer that question. (laughs) And that's only through a computer screen. Yeah, so not not everybody is retiring. Some people just like to hang on in there. So even a heart attack won't stop him. (laughs) I'll tell you who would inject a new sensibility at the village shop forward slash the post office. And this person will not do it. Chelsea. Could you imagine if she was the postmaster? That would be awesome. And I know I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I actually think the village shop is massively underutilized. Yes, it's coming to the fore recently. Yeah. But if I'm remembering back to the 80s when I first started listening to the archers, it was much more central. It was as central as the bull. Yeah. That's the way that I remember it. Yeah, it's me too. People were forever going in there and two characters would then serendipitously meet and have a conversation. And say, hello, you two. And Susan would be conducting things and gossiping and bitching and whatever. That's the way that I remember the 1980s on the Archers. And if this village is true to life, the village shop would be in peril financially because of big supermarkets. And we've had all of that. It's become less and less important. But And I lament that. I really, really do. Because it's awesome. Love the village shop. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. I think that you're right. Chelsea would be a great person. But I think it might be if Susan does take retirement, when Neil takes retirement, maybe it will be an opportunity to bring in a new middle-aged character. Somebody in their 30s and 40s. Somebody who doesn't exist. No, you don't think it's going to happen. I'm fed up of new characters. Don't anymore. Concentrate on the ones that we have. And very obviously, Chelsea wouldn't do it because A... She's a hairdresser. It's ageism. But the the other end, yeah, she's too young and she's a hairdresser. But She'd have to be 25 anyway, I think. think, Okay. To work in a post office. And she's what? She must be 18 now anyway. So, yeah. She is. Susan can still be doing it for another seven years. But anyway... Why Rex. wouldn't we? What? Rex. Rex. Now, Rex would be Rex. good. Yeah. Go. Let's wait and see. There you go. We sorted it, Claire. The answer's Rex. <laughs> Let's move on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> now it's our Jen, our Ambridge Pony Club. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. Jen here, just calling in to congratulate Charles Collingwood on delivering absolutely amazing performance this week. That can't have been easy for any of them, but particularly for Brian. Again, just really sad to lose Angela as an actress and incredibly sad to lose Jenny Darling as a character. She's given us some amazing storylines over the years, which I'm sure will be discussed today. And she will be very much missed, obviously, by her family in the show, but also by us as listeners. I think I've seen why we've had all this nonsense with the seed drill and Stella. This is being set up really nicely in traditional Archer's way so that Brian can have a really good shout when he gets back to the office and go really incredibly nuts and get himself back into the saddle, back into being bossy old Brian and get out all that pain and rage over losing Jenny Darling. So spot on. Very glad that's been set up for him to have a bit of therapy when he goes back to work. On the other storyline we've had running this week, which I suppose was the comedy, perhaps, to offset the sadness in the week, the volunteer situation at Lower Loxley, absolutely hated that. Jumped up little twit, who's only ever worked as a kitchen porter, interviewing Neil, who's an experienced manager, was <laughs> dreadful, dire. Did not enjoy that at all. I think comedy is one thing where the archers does fall down, a bit like Shakespeare. So less of that, please, and let Freddie know his place. Jen here, quick postscript. By the way, absolutely outraged by the suggestion to memorialise Jenny by a planter. That's totally garage service station flowers. Not for Jenny. Blue plaque in Underwoods, blue plaque in the bowl, and at the very least, the Ambridge Memorial Rose Garden and a cup of the flower and produce. Nothing less will do. Well, I agree with Jen on the, uh, the planter idea. I don't agree with Jen on the comedy uh, this week. Um, whereas I do, as I've already said, I've already expressed my feelings about Freddie this week. But there were some amazing comedy moments with uh, Chelsea when she said she was she was well fit, and I think that Chelsea's been absolute gold this week, absolute gold uh, as far as the comedy is concerned. Mm. So, sorry, Jen, not agreeing with you there, but Jenny, darling, definitely needs a memorial rose garden mm-hmm. on the green next to the next to the slave-built uh, playground. Oh, goodness, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. When you said slave-built, <laughs> I thought, where's she going with this? She's talking about the White House in America. <laughs> it's like... No, exactly. No, no. Let's talk, let's stick to let's stick to Ambridge this week. Okay. Let's not wander. Right. Um, what do you think about the idea that uh, uh, Brian is going to go off on one after with Stella when he gets back in the office? Because he hasn't gone off on one with Kate. No, which I thought he would. I think it's going to make him reevaluate everything. The way he was talking, so the way that he was with Kate, so compassionate. Yeah. And, and he, it's not the first time he's actually said to her, you are a good business person, you've built up a business there, that I think this softer Brian is going to say, you know what, good on you with this drill. You are empowered to make these decisions and I trust you. You have a track record. You've kept the farm going for the X amount of months since you've been here doing this. Fine. My head's elsewhere. 
I realise there are other things that are important in life type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that will happen, that the whole losing of Jenny will make him reassess where he stands Mm. with Stella, the appointed farm manager. Although I do feel there might be a little bit of a repercussion on old Adam, who said to her, just go ahead, Stella, you're the manager. If that ever comes out, Brian's not going to like that of Adam. So there we Mm. go. We shall see. We shall see indeed. Now, we have a call from Richard. Hi, Richard in Krakow, Poland. Briefly, I thought the way Freddie handled the recruitment of Brad and pretending to be his buddy was really creepy and insincere and his snobbishness with respect to Chelsea was really awkward and I started wondering about his training and position within the trust because there was that issue when he was let out of prison about whether he was a fit and proper person to be putting on an event and there were some trustees floating around. Do those trustees appoint Elizabeth? Is Elizabeth a suitable person to be running the estate? And obviously Freddie might have envisaged that, but aren't trustees meant to be independent of the wishes of the donor. Isn't that the whole point, that to be a tax-efficient trust, you have to be a non-beneficiary? So I wonder there, although as Nigel was Elizabeth's partner, can't partners leave each other unlimited amounts of property? It also left me wondering whether Lily hasn't dodged a bullet by not being included as a beneficiary of the trust, if indeed in a sexist, old-fashioned way it has been left to Freddie, because if he merely becomes the person who administers the trust, what's in it for him? Is Liz, is Lizzie paid? Is, is, is Freddie paid? More questions, and I'm curious what's going to happen there. I think Chelsea was a bit silly to waste everyone's time with the recruitment process, but so be it. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for that, Richard. Yes, thank you, Richard. Yeah, I think Freddie didn't help himself with his snobbishness towards Chelsea and his, hello, me old bradders, brazzer, whatever, the whole thing. Yeah, cringeworthy. (laughs) Very cringeworthy. Yeah, I'm curious about how the trust works. You know, I've got no memory for the mechanics of inheritance and all the rest of it in this lovely docudrama. So, yeah, maybe that's a call out for Stephen Bowden in the future from Richard. Wasn't it like when he's 25 he's supposed to come into it? Yeah, I have a vague idea that it's something to do with 25, but surely, and I do remember in the last year or so, Elizabeth had a meeting with the trustees. Maybe that was when Freddie came out of jail or wherever he was, and she was concerned about what the trustees were thinking about Freddie. But that's only a vague Mm. memory in the last while. But, yeah, I think we need to do more research, Royfield. We're not very good at this research business. We don't have to anymore. We've got Stephen Bowden. That's good. We can just coast from here on. So I reckon, and considering that we also had this week a history of Lower Loxley, parts of it, with Julia. Yeah, and Percy Passity Taylor, the gardener. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I love the fact when Freddie had to remind Chelsea, you're talking about my grandmother here. Like, to, to Chelsea, this was just a woman from ancient history. He's like, yeah, my grandmother. He's not that far <laughs> and, and what right. booch bits did she make up to, to sell the story? I thought it was great. Very good. In fact, I don't it know anything me, about it, lower locks of history, so there we are. I've learned some things this week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Bowden, give us that. Give us the lowdown on that. Now, I think that's the end of our caller in All right. So from our caller in we go to our email in or at least our WhatsApp in And the first WhatsApp message is from Gadget Gurley in Scotland. Good morning, Royfield and Jacqueline, and to all dum-de-dummers. I hope this finds you well. I write this with the permission of my husband. Good heavens. What type of medieval uh, relationship do they have? Husband, can I write a, a, an email to Dumb? Read on and you'll anyway, understand. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> on the 5th of February, I wrote that I was very moved by the reaction to Jenny's death. And that has continued through to this Friday. However, as a minister and someone who walks with families at times of grief and years into the future, I would move heaven and earth to ensure that Kate does not make any life-changing decisions for at least six months. What has made this storyline all the more poignant is that my father-in-law died on the 12th of February and his Thanksgiving service was on the 23rd. So I feel as if I've been sharing the journey of grief with the Aldrich family. Brian has been on the most amazing journey from anger to acceptance and I was quite emotional when I heard him realise that Jenny will always be with him. Well done to the scriptwriters for not being overly sentimental and allowing the whole family to grieve in their own way and with dignity. The interactions between Tony and Lillian have also been very moving. I could go on. However, I think you know where I'm coming from. Thank you, scriptwriters, for a great storyline. Yeah, I agree in com- completely with Gadget Girl. And I think I think I've made that quite clear and you are not necessarily singing from the same Songbook, are you? Rob Williams, he used a whole different new method of contacting us via Messenger, which is great. He found me, Jacqueline Berto, on Messenger and sent this. Here's a direct message. Anyway, this is probably better than me droning away down the phone. I always find events such as Jenny Darling's funeral show me up in a bad light. They have absolutely no bearing on my own experiences with my family and friends dying. Yes, I feel sadness, but I can't imagine that it is purely English reserve that prevents me from the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth that seems prevalent in Ambridge. I know we're all different and the products of our various experiences, but I wonder how close the representation of grief, mourning and remembrance was to that to it was to what others felt in their own lives. Maybe I'm just a particularly thick plank. I'd say more about my background, but that 30-year rule is there for a reason. Rob, thank you for that. (laughs) And, yeah, I just think you've just been for a very thick plank there, not to be moved by at all. We all are very different, aren't we? Yeah. And can I say, Rob Williams is a very interesting character. Remember the old Rory storyline with Julianne? Yeah. Well, all I'm going to say is Rob Williams has a certain insight into that storyline. I'll say no Rob Williams is a real stalwart of the Facebook page. He's very good. He is. And here is an an advert for you folks. If you aren't on our Facebook group, become one and trawl through the messages and you'll see what I'm saying about Mr. Williams and certain similarities in his past to Rura Rurari 
and uh, what uh, the storyline that he's been or we can going cr- through. Or we can cross-examine him in Birmingham because he's going to be there. Absolutely. Now, folks, those are our two email arinaras, though n- neither of them were technically emails. We're coming towards the end of the show, so let's go and see what our social media gurus have been talking about on the Dum Dum Facebook page with our wonderful Suey. Hello, my lovelies. It's Suey, Queen Otart here on the Twitters with my second bite of the cherry for this week. Uh, and the first week in March social media roundup. Just to whet your appetite, there's loads on there this week, so go and have a look. The Facebook group's been full of messages about the funeral, with Claire Hinkley expressing what a lot of us are feeling. She says, I don't know if I'm feeling especially sensitive this week, but I just listened to last night's episode. Really hit me in the heart. Heidi Griffith said, yes, must admit this storyline is far too close to home as well. It brings back memories of what the immediate aftermath was like. Makes me miss my husband, as whilst I was officially a lister, he listened under sufferance, but he knew all the characters and how they were linked. I can completely relate to that. Much love to all of our Dumpty Dummers, especially those who've experienced loss recently. I think it's been a very hard few weeks. John Webster said something which I think many of us are struggling with. Read Debbie. I'm a huge fan of Tamsin Greig, but the absence of the character from the show in the aftermath of Jenny's death has been huge. Tamsin is rightfully in massive demand as a fabulous actor and clearly does not have much availability. But for the sake of the show, should we not have the part recast now and get Debbie back to Blighty to run home farm? Debbie versus Stella would be quite a confrontation. Bring the popcorn. Jonah Titchmarsh said, probably a sensible idea, if it was not purely not wanting to recast, I think that it's a poor argument, as they have had no issue recasting Hayley, Kate, Tom, Emma and Tony. Surely Tamsin Greig wouldn't begrudge it, but then I guess if she's only going to appear for the funeral, why bother? And they have a farm manager now. Ian Hardy said Tamsin is way above the archers now, except perhaps for a one-off cameo appearance. Ian said, nothing is way above the archers. And Jan Mitchell said, I'm sure that if you asked her, Tamsin would be horrified that anyone would think that of her. If she thought she was too good for the archers, she'd have formally left the show long ago. I do wish she could have come back for a token appearance. Emma Louise Woodhouse said, is it a bit odd that after tonight's episode, I'm considering having a centrepiece of my own wake in the freezer just in case? I'm wondering what might be in my parents' grandparents' freezers that would wake appropriate. Not that I want any of us to die anytime soon. I just think it's weirdly nice that Jenny's own food is going to be served up. The late Griffin said, and then every six months, say, you get the centrepiece out of the freezer, have a not-dead-yet party, then make the next one. I hope you make many, many centrepieces. Andrea 12 said, what a brilliant idea, especially as one's friends age. Not all of them would be around for your actual send-off. I really like this plan. Christopher Simon McKitty said, mine will be a pot noodle. And David Grieg wants a big stack of fish fingers with a ketchup dip and a wall of crisps. Ah! Oh. For those of you who, like me, enjoy industrial processes, Claire Asprey posted up a video with lots of farming machinery, which I've watched about ten times. The one with the radish bundling is amazing to watch. And Deborah Bridgeland said, it's been a year since Grey Gables closed. If they're renovating, surely there will be plenty of people working on site. I would have thought the village pub, shop, tea room and Ian's pizza van would be taking advantage, but there's no mention of it. 
There was much speculation about whether Jasper Carrot's character was Vince transplanted into the laurels from Janie Thorburn and Sarah Passingham, um, who said, I thought that too, their voices are remarkably similar. I think that's only the case if you're not from the West Midlands, like almost the entire population of the world. If you've not been over to the Facebook page lately, come on and join in the chat. We love having new people join in. And all of you established people, come back in and tell us what you're thinking. Remember to be kind to each other and play nicely. And stay safe, my lovelies, until the next one. Thank you, Suey. As always, that was tip-top and most excellent it's time to welcome our new Facebook people this week. We have six lovely new members. So let's wish a very warm Dumpty Dum welcome to... Karen Nunn. Michelle Wright. Miles Swain Gray. Samantha Wainwright. Jem Stoko, Steve Munro. Madame Berto, do we have any reviews this week? Yes, we have two five-star reviews, and the first one is from Enston titled Dumpty Dum, a quality show for Archers fans. Five stars. I've been listening to The Archers for many years with my family and was quite intrigued when I happened to come across Dumpty Dum, the Dumpty Dum podcast. I gave it a listen and I really enjoyed it. Great to hear the opinions of so many Archers fans and always look forward to hearing the conversations and different perspectives given to us by Royfield and Jacqueline. Quality stuff from Renee. Lovely. Thank you very much, Renee. Thank you for that, Renee. The second one is from Drago Montfrichette. Wonderful surname, who specifically reviews our last week's show at five stars. Another wonderful episode full of insight and predictions. Looking forward to Debbie and Phoebe's appearance at the funeral, question mark, and Adil's backstory. Now, both of those reviews were written on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for that, folks. If you do write us a review on another platform, we might not see it. If you do that, maybe pop us the link in an email or something or another and then we can also read that out. Yeah, it's a good idea. And then we can catch them because some of them do slip through the net. We're on Twitter and you can find us at Dumtidum, where we can where you can join in the tweet along fun by using the hashtag the Archers with a capital T and a capital A, which helps the visually impaired to join in the fun. I can be found on Twitter as at Jberto Sanguen, where we have loads of followers nowadays. Time for Purple Pumpkin and a Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. And my thanks as ever to everyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. This week, a thread on Twitter I really enjoyed was started by Ian, at Ruther Ian. He said, Tweet to the proceedings that Jenny would wholeheartedly approve there's going to be a lunch break halfway through the service where everyone stops for soup and a sandwich. Glyn Fullerlove at Glyn12GH was among those who replied along similar lines. Benison, casserole, surely, with a veggie alternative for Kate. And Vicky Timms at Vicky Timms 3 was one of those who said, just tell us Pat isn't making the soup. As Di at Night of the Highway said, Tagines and fish kettles at the ready, everyone. It wasn't really a funny week on the show, despite being written by Uncle God Kerry, so I'll pause for now on best lines of the week. Instead, I'll commend to you a eulogy written in rhyming couplets on Twitter by our Ambridge Pony Club, which started with, 
Jenny was marvellous. Jenny was great. She made fine casseroles and never was late. And ended with, rest in peace, Jenny darling. On wings fly to the lovely kitchen in the sky. And there's much more in between if you want to read that. Finally, here are my medals for Tweets of the Week. And they're all on that fun main story, of course. In bronze position, it's Angela Dobb at LMS Boston. Brian says, I can't decide on a tie. The tweets along say, Where a crew that? In silver, it's Miranda at Apple Android app. Nobody's had a proper conversation with Debbie, apparently. She's very strong. Strong and silent. In gold, I'll give the last word this week to Patricia at Olympians. Dear Jennifer, you were loved by many, hated by a few, but in the end you were loved. We tweet along as salutely. That's it for this week. See you all on Twitter next time. Thank you, Theo. And congratulations to everybody who was on the rostrum on the podium, whether you got bronze, silver or gold. Now, Twitter isn't the only social media platform that we are on, folks. We are also big on Instagram. And now our president on Instagram is run by the lovely, wonderful Katie. So do follow us there. No, I'm mm. sorry, Roy Fields. <laughs> I, in fact, I, I, I've changed around the script a bit and I missed that bit. I'm on Instagram as well, where I tend to wang on about my dogs, my garden and my lovely Britannia. You can find me. I'm simply Jacqueline Berto. Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.